You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Brad Biggerstaff. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. been found nothing really feels the same I hold my head a bit higher I lift my voice a bit louder yeah something inside me has changed I am a mountain mover water walker more than just an overcomer because I've been set free I am a gospel preacher heart on fire freedom singer Testifier, cause I've been redeemed. I am a believer. I know this is not my home. I know I don't walk alone. No matter what comes my way, I have peace through the trouble. I have joy through the struggle, yeah, my hope's in a brighter day. I am a mountain mover, water walker, more than just an overcomer, because I've been set free. I am a gospel preacher, heart on fire, freedom singing, testifier, because I've been Father and orphan no longer, no doubt about who I am. I'm in the hands of the healer, the arms of the Savior. His grace makes me who I am. I am a mountain mover, water walker, more than just an overcomer. Set free. I am a gospel preacher, heart on fire, freedom singing, testifying. Cause I've been redeemed. I am a believer. Good morning, Midway family. It's so great to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning. I've taken a journey out into Roswell, into this beautiful landscape that God has blessed us with. Today, at the beginning of the service, we just remind you that we are continuing in our missional emphasis today, uh, and we have a message from Andrew Lee that you will hear right before the offering later. Uh, Andrew was with us on uh, during the, the month of March to talk about his work in Cambodia 
Uh, and in the video, you'll see how the coronavirus has impacted it and have an opportunity to give to him in his work today. Uh, also, next week we have Mother's Day, and I'm sure some of you saw in the midweek, uh, but we want to do something special for all of you mothers. Uh, if you would send a family pic into the church, uh, well, I'm going to mash that up into a kind of collage and video for us next week so that we can honor our mothers in the church. And then lastly, today uh, we want to show you a video that comes from our VBS team. They have put in a tremendous amount of work uh, working on VBS and, and, and how it's going to be impacted by uh, COVID-19. And so let us now take a moment uh, to watch this video, and we're so glad you are here with us in church today. are here with a very special message for you. We're going to be bringing VBS into your home in an online format the week of June 1st. Your family is going to become your crew, and we cannot wait to hear what kind of fun crew names you come up with and to see all those awesome pictures you take. Our amazing station leaders are already working very hard as we all prepare to bring Rocky Railway into your homes on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. We will begin each morning at 10 a.m. and we will be bringing every station to your homes, including all five days of Bible Station and all five days of Imagination Station. We are also very excited to announce the addition of our family ministry summer intern, Ashlyn DiCarlo, to our VBS conductors team. Each Rocky Railway participant is going to get their very own conductor kit. In these kits, you'll find your t-shirt, five Imagination Station gadgets, a CD with all the awesome songs, and more. You're going to be able to pick up your kits at a drive-thru at Midway. We're also going to be continuing our partnership with Wellroot Family Services, formerly known as the United Methodist Children's Home. We're going to be holding a drive-thru donation drop-off at, at Midway on Thursday, June 4th. Further details will be emailed this weekend to those currently registered and will be posted on our website. Look for our VBS page. We still have room to add registrations. Visit Midway's website. Registration closes May 20th. Don't miss the train. We are so excited for our Rocky Railway adventure and can't wait to journey with you on the Midway Express. All aboard! the ground love is the power 
where my freedom song is found and there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down there ain't no trumpet sound I'm gonna rise up out of the ground cause there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down God, we thank you. That is the guarantee of your gospel message, that there is no grave that will hold us down. Lord, when you return your resurrection, we'll all rise up to the skies to see you. We're just so thankful 
that you led the way, Jesus. You were the resurrection first. And if you left the grave, Lord, so will we. We thank you for your son, his sacrifice, his resurrection. Now we come to a time of prayer. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, we invite you to type those out for us in the comment section. Uh, and we'll add them to our prayer list as we continue to pray for you during the week. But now let us come humbly before our God, bow our heads, and open our hearts, and listen to what God has to say to us today. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you have filled the world with beauty. Open our eyes to behold the gracious hand of your work. Let us rejoice in your whole creation, the beauty that you have filled this world with. May we learn to serve you with gladness, and for the sake of Jesus, may we live like him. For you, God, are the creator and preserver of all mankind. We humbly come to you for all the sorts of conditions that we experience, especially in this season of COVID-19. We ask for your blessing and your healing upon all those affected 
We ask that you would overwash this country and this world with your gracious love and your abundance. We ask today for saving health unto all the nations, and we pray for the church universal, that it may be guided and governed by your good spirit, and that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in the righteousness of life. We pray all of these things in Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, now we come to the part of our service where we give of our tithes and offerings. Uh, again, in this missional focus uh, week, we are going to have a second offering today for Andrew Lee, who is the, our, our missionary that we have covenant relationship with in the United Methodist Church, and his work is in Cambodia. Uh, Andrew and Lund Sophie um, were with us in the month of March, uh, right before all of this stuff hit uh, with the coronavirus. And they shared about the work and the mission that they are doing over in Cambodia. As I'm sure you can imagine, uh, their work has changed quite a bit, and I'm excited to show you an interview that Thomas Kemper did with Andrew Lee, uh, that kind of where Andrew kind of explains how the coronavirus has impacted his family and his work. And I also have some clips of the work of Andrew uh, and the uh, Cambodian Methodist Church uh, and what they're doing within the local communities uh, in their country. So now, may we come before God giving of our whole lives, giving of our whole selves, knowing that we worship a good God who gives so much to us. Welcome, friends, to another interview in our series uh, about global mission during a pandemic. Today, I'm talking to Reverend Andrew Lee. Andrew is the country coordinator for the Methodist Mission in Cambodia. He and his family uh, began their work there, their ministry in 2017. And it's an exciting place for a United Methodist Mission because we, for two years now, have the autonomous uh, Methodist Church of Cambodia, Reverend Sophie, who is the president of the church, and Andrew is coordinating our work with this church. Welcome, Andrew, to this series. It's good to see you. We were wanting to talk last week, but then you went up for a whole week uh, to the provinces, to some of our new church staff. Can you share a little bit about this visit and what is happening in Cambodia at this moment? My staff and I went up to Mundukiri province, working closely with the Methodist Church in Cambodia, our partner church. We just built a Methodist church, the first one in that province, and we are reaching out to indigenous people. Uh, at this time, we have witnessed that the local uh, economy was directly hit by the coronavirus situation, even in the countryside. And many families are in dire need of help at this particular season of the year, not only because of coronavirus, but because of uh, the severe drought. Within this month, I'm, I'm planning to go back to Mondulkiri again with my staff members to bring more necessity items to them, such as rice, 
masks and sanitizers and soap. With the lockdown, the, the, the churches closed, the schools closed. It's very clear that the government sees this as a, as a very important threat to, to the economy and to the health of the people. What, what have you seen when you visited the provinces? How people react? It's truly a um, difficult time and challenging time. And the government uh, not only suspended uh, church gathering and um, the public uh, gatherings. They also suspended rice export and the issuing of visa for tourists that hit the, the economy of the country really bad. And from this week, all the troubles, as I shared with you, are all restricted. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can see increasing fear and anxiety among people and people buy necessity items in the market and the price of rice is going up and other necessity items like mask is going up. Uh, but our government is uh, working so hard and trying their best to curve the spread of the virus. But you are without your family. They have left because the schools were all closed. Your wife is a teacher and, and your two girls, they're all back in Hawaii now. And uh, how did you come to that decision? Why did you stay and your family is back in the United States? Well, I have decided to stay here uh, because I thought and I felt that I am needed more than ever before. At this particular season of the year and uh, my mission work, people need me more than before. And they depend on me. I mean, you know, they uh, count on me for leadership and there are things to do, Thomas. And as you know, I'm working closely with my awesome staff members and mission partners are working with me even during this pandemic. And we are constantly asking questions and seeking the answers to how we could uh, respond to this crisis in the light of God's love, uh, in, especially uh, in our mission settings. For this, I have decided to stay here.
morning. Our scripture lesson today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. We'll be reading verses 13 through 16 and then jumping over to verses 28 through 35. Hear now God's word to us this day. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do you remember the last time we gathered together as a church family for a meal in the fellowship hall? It was our celebration dinner that concluded our journey into prayer stewardship series. That was on the last Sunday in February. That seems like such a long time ago, doesn't it? At that meal, many people remarked how, how good it was to eat together and that we needed to do it more often. I couldn't agree anymore. After all, table fellowship has long been a hallmark of Christian community. For many, the church is synonymous with potluck suppers and cover dish dinners and barbecues and casseroles. Food and Christian fellowship are two sides of the same coin. Have you ever thought about how much of Jesus' teaching and ministry took place over meals? Quite a bit. So it's no wonder that table fellowship became so central to Christian community. During this time of social distancing, many of us are longing to share this holy meal together in the sanctuary where we can see each other face to face. Truth is, at this point, some of us would settle for routine after worship lunch at El Portone. It's the afternoon of Easter when this duo is walking and talking on their way from Jerusalem the village of Emmaus. They are disciples of Jesus, 
though not among the original 12. Little is known about them except that one of them is named Cleopas. They are upset, we know, and confused over Jesus' death and the reports earlier in the day of an empty tomb. They don't know what to make of these events and are caught up in conversation about them when the very subject of their discussion strolls up beside them. What are you talking about? Jesus interrupts. We really can't blame Cleopas for sounding a little off-put. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place? In other words, where have you been hiding out? Under what rock have you been under? Luke's story is rich in irony. Despite rumors of a resurrection, these disciples don't recognize the risen Christ when he appears right before them. Were their eyes kept from recognizing him because they were not looking for a walking, talking Jesus? Because they were not expecting the living among the dead? Us modern-day disciples are much like them. Do we really expect Jesus to show up while we are taking a stroll in the neighborhood or eating alone or with our family in our home? For that matter, how often do we come to worship really expecting the risen Christ to show up? As a pastor friend of Mine often muses, if God didn't show up for worship, would we even notice? Not even Jesus' exposition of the scriptures opens the eyes of these two travelers to the reality of their master in their midst. Even so, when they arrive in Emmaus, they extend hospitality to the stranger, urging him to stay rather than go it alone at night. Why? I wonder why they invited him to stay. Were they just being polite? Or was it because their hearts had burned within them as Jesus unpacked the scriptures regarding himself? Whatever their motivation, once inside, when they are gathered at the table. The invited guest suddenly takes on the role of the host. Jesus takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them. And suddenly, Luke says, their eyes were opened and they recognized that the risen Christ was with them. During my first year in seminary, I was assigned a placement for supervised ministry as a chaplain at the Georgia Retardation Center. This was an institution that housed and cared for some of the most profoundly disabled and disfigured residents of our state. As a student chaplain, I was assigned to a unit of residents who were unable to walk, talk, 
feed themselves and were only able to communicate really at an infantile level. More than half the residents on the unit were fed by stomach tubes, but a few could be fed by mouth, so partly out of boredom, but also out of a desperate need to do anything interactive with the residents. I would feed lunch to one of the residents on the day that I was there. One afternoon, I was feeding lunch to a resident I will call Stuart. Stuart was at that time the oldest living resident at the Georgia Retardation Center. He was in his 60s and had been living at the institution since his mother had died about 20 years before. Now, when feeding Stuart, I had to be very careful because he could only swallow a little bit at a time, even though all his food, including the bread, was pureed. In other words, it was food that had been pulverized into liquid, and it smells mixed with the strong odors of institutionalized living in such a way that it turned my stomach. Well, I had given Stuart several spoonfuls of bread when suddenly he began to choke. He gagged for several seconds that seemed like minutes. Finally, he breathed again, exploding with a cough that sent the semblance of bread that had been in his mouth all over my face, my clothes, his wheelchair, and the table. I stood there for a few seconds, relieved that Stuart had not choked, but also aware that I stood there in all my humanity as when a mask is removed to reveal someone beneath it. For the first time, Stuart smiled at me and we met in our mutual humanity. Suddenly, I recognized him, and I realized that I was no longer the host of this meal. You know, I looked down, and I expected to see a messy table covered with bits of pureed bread. But instead, I believe I saw a freshly baked loaf of bread broken in two. And he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Let us pray. Like the disciples at Emmaus, risen Lord, we offer what we have. They offer their company, their table, their bread. We invite you to be with us as we offer you our love, our devotion, our gifts, and our very lives. May our eyes be open to your living presence among us at this holy table and at all our daily tables at which you are present as both guests and hosts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
almond. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, Father Almighty, broke bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your, your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Behind your regrets and mistakes, come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes and a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the 
Before I offer the benediction, I'd like to share with you a word of celebration uh, that one of our ministry candidates, Michael Stevens, has received a student appointment. He's projected to go to Starsville United Methodist Church beginning July 1st, and so we congratulate Michael. Also, uh, along with Michael, uh, Emmy Neathammer and Jarrett Wallace, they will all three be uh, attending License to Preach School this month, and so I ask you to please be in prayer for them as, as they study and learn and prepare so that they might be able to take a local uh, pastorate as well in the near future. Receive now the benediction. May God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you now and forevermore. Amen. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the 
You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.